welcome to Thursday. Uh, Jake and I were talking in the gym this morning. Is this like a long month? It's a long week. It's a long week for sure. And uh, not not to you know start it off on a, deg- a negative note, but it is hard to believe it's only Thursday morning. But we're back for another edition of the Nuremberg Daily Huddle. Dad, it's good to see you as always. Thank you. Uh, thank you for this morning's workout. Great, great stuff. Um, yeah, I just can cannot thank you enough for the way I feel, for the way my body looks. It's changing everything for me. It's, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad it's working. I, you were kind of a guinea pig, you know, using what I did for myself and now doing it for you. So I'm glad it's working. What are we at the month? 20 days, a month and 20 days mark now. So we're not even into the 90 days yet. So I'm excited what you'll look like when you turn 63 in a couple months. So, uh, that's the benchmark. That's the benchmark. But look at that, man. So uh, looking good, feeling good. Um, lots of sports going on, man. You're the you're the sports guru. Well, you, I you think are- it's funny. The only time they used to allow me on this show was to talk about sports. So it's nice that I've transitioned into a more holistic, uh, you know, point of view kind of guy. But uh, yeah, you know, it was a fun night last night. At least if you were a Panther fan. You were a Heat fan. You got to watch that game after and pull your eyeballs out, which is – but honestly, I mean, good for the Panthers. I don't think anybody has really given them a shot, and I won't act like I've been a diehard fan the entire year. I kind of hopped on midway through the year. But me and Shay were just having this conversation. Like, you know, there's baseball highlights happening already. It's too early for me. There's no urgency. So once it starts to ramp up into the season, usually when I get into it uh, – for those Panther fans, Sam Bennett returned last night. Sam Bennett made an unbelievable uh, impact. They Look, it, the first period we watched, it looked like they were treading water, which I think is a really good lesson when sometimes when it's going to be rough, it's just hang in there, you know, just find a way to hang in there and don't break. And then obviously they scored a few goals in the second, um, hung on in the third and put them away. So it's super cool. Um, and I, I don't really want to talk about the Heat. They've been a – a point of my misery for most of the year. Um, let's call it what it is. Even if they were to miraculously win another game. Well, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's interesting because there were two teams, two philosophies that made decisions at the trade deadline. One, the Panthers were on the cusp of making the playoffs and looked at their personnel and decided that they were good enough to make the playoffs good enough to compete and didn't make, um, didn't make any moves. I don't know how the heat, came to that conclusion that adding nobody was the right choice after being a shot away from the finals. Um, I'm not going to throw stones at people who do their jobs, you know, but would not be my choice, but uh, feels like wasting talent is what we're doing on that side. But everything else, you know, uh, the Panthers are a fun thing to watch right now. And the Marlins are good too. So shout out to the Marlins too. You've got hockey, you've got basketball, you've got baseball, and there are some sub stories, um, Oakland A's are moving to Vegas. Vegas, Randy, 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 I love you, but they added a guy who was out of the rotation on a team that's the five seed that is struggling to beat the Knicks. So we're we're old, we're slow, we're playing a team that's much better, and you're wasting a Jimmy Butler who's getting older. So those are it's it stinks, you know. John Malazzo, listen, you know the way the Knicks looked the other night against. I'm I'm not rooting for the Knicks either. I listen, I'm. I'm a so Bucks. I believe the Bucks and Celtics. There happens to not be a lot of great basketball being played, but you know when it's good, like the Clippers series is incredible. Uh, Phoenix and the Clippers. Anyway, so you have basketball, you have hockey. Stanley Cup hockey is really the greatest. You have 
um, you're into soccer. You're watching soccer. You're watching. Uh, golf, you're yeah. Watching if any, if they're, if the premier league, any premier league fans, obviously like it's a hot time of year, uh, man city arsenal. I look, I am a sports fanatic. I love it. I love it being a part of my life. I'm an Aston Villa fan. We went from relegation now to top six. So if anybody watches the premier league, which I know Jonathan Aaron's does, uh, you will know that Aston Villa is absolutely flying and rolling right now. So it's fun to be a part of. It's a, it's a good time of year. So it's some good stuff. I don't know if anybody's having trouble on their LinkedIn. I monitor it here on their phone. My mobile is choppy. Can always head over to YouTube. Yeah, so make sure you get us coming in. We got a great show today. We got a lot of cool topics to talk about. Shay, wake us up. Jake, you're in the hot seat today. Oh, boy. So I want you to comment on a few things. Today is 420, which apparently has like some incredible uh, sub-meaning. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know the real meaning of why 420. I really don't. And it's kind of surprising. So I, I, I'm prepared, I guess you can say. But I will say the, the stigma of marijuana is going down. Like I think the people calling it dope is going away. You know, like I think you still call it dope, which cracks me up because some of the most successful people are smoking more than they're drinking alcohol. Um, I think as a society, we've kind of overdone the drug use or whatever it is. But like, I even know Nick Mao is doing a CBD marijuana event today, I think. So I think the stigma is changing. It's obviously won't be legal in Florida anytime. But if you travel to most of the country, I think over half the states, it's legal now. Um, it does have some unique health and recovery benefits. Not that I'm endorsing smoking, but it is a, it is a holiday where most young people, and if you smoke marijuana, will be smoking marijuana today. So what's interesting is that you don't have to smoke it. Or, there's yes. A of, there's a lot of my peers that are doing gummies. To gummies. Sleep. You right. Know, just, the, uh, the gummy waves. Right. They're, they're doing something like that. And so, you know, the conversation is broad. Um, we, you know, we had Jerry on last week. Banks do not bank that business. So you have to find alternative ways to do your funding and do your banking, which is crazy. But when you look at like the NBA, the NBA has legalized it, I think, because you could go to every city and smoke you know, or, or do it. And it's legal there. So I, I think to your point, it is becoming more mainstream. Uh, Mike Ficara, you know, says an industry to watch for sure. That industry, when it took off, and I speak today to Greg Steinberg, who was the CEO of Grossentia, that's a company I invested in. They're like miracle Grow for the marijuana business. Fantastic rocket ship. But a lot of that industry has settled down and, you know, it shook out a little bit. I don't yet. Well, I look, and I'm a, like I said, I, I try to lean to the common sense side of it. It's hard for me 
look, our weed laws in this country have been very strict and there's a lot of people still in jail for weed. And then people who own weed companies are on the cover of Inc. Magazine. So it's hard for me to balance the two of them. Um, I wish they would do something at the federal level, but I know that's not how our country works and it's the power of the United States, but it's one thing that kind of irks me, you know? So there is a stigma that still exists. I would educate your, I would, you know, turn to you to educate what marijuana is, what are some of the actual positive recovery, sleep benefits. And if you're a big drinker, I would tell you, you might want to look at switching because your life would probably get better. And let me put a disclaimer on that. Um, being a big drinker, um, if 10 years from now, you'll look back and they'll say it was just like smoking cigarettes, which the worst thing for you. And- cigarettes. Like, what do you need to hear to stop doing smoking cigarettes. Well, it's, it's so funny. Like my generation really wasn't the cigarette smoking generation. Like we were taught growing up, don't smoke cigs. They're terrible. Cancer, cancer, cancer. But as soon as they gave us a vape, it was on. And now everybody my age smokes a vape, which is the most bizarre. But anyways, moving on. Anyway, so I'm going to switch gears. There's a topic that has been mainstream. We've we've talked about it here in the huddle, but it is becoming this major decision that everybody needs to make every time they make a purchase. Shay, show me the 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 irony of tipping. Oh, a lemonade stand. Hi. You never see these anymore. One lemonade, sir. That's a hardworking businessman right there. Perfect. Tip. How could I forget? I have a quarter for you, bud. What the f***? What did you just say to me? This is Minute Maid. You think I'm going to tip on Minute Maid? Okay, Jesus Christ. It wouldn't be a trip to Grandma's house without some special leftovers just for you. Grandma, you're too kind. A full stomach and a full heart. What more can I ask for? What the hell is this? This life alert isn't going to pay for itself. Grandma, you don't even know how to use an iPad. But I do know how to use a will. This is going to be a fantastic conversation, and I'm, I think we're going to... I don't. We might get called out for some of our takes, maybe. Oh, here's the here's thing. The the uh, last weekend we were out. We did some. We went to a party. The end of the party, we were driving home. It's still relatively early. We said, "Hey, let's stop at Luigi's and grab a pizza." Great. So we park, walk across the street, go in. We get pick up the pizza, and the girl swings the machine at me, and it has twenty, twenty five, or thirty percent tip, and I'm like what you didn't do anything <laughs> like you know and i don't like to be that guy that says no you know because i am a giver and i was during the pandemic i understood that restaurants were in trouble and i wanted to do my fair share but i'm no longer thanking you for being there like well so I- like it's it's like interesting because there's all these restaurants like just salad chipotle bole where you walk the line like you are physically doing the work. The only thing that they are doing is scooping the thing and it gets to the end and you paid for the bowl, right? And they ask you for a tip. I am a no in that situation. So, but an Uber Eats driver, I tip him five bucks. If I pick up food, my normal tip is $2. And if I'm at a restaurant, it's 20%, no matter if it was good service or not. I don't, I don't really... And I don't know if that makes sense or you know whatever it is, but I don't dock the restaurant for bad service because I don't know how they split tips. And if there's one bad waiter that sucks, I'm not going to punish the other ones that you know split the pot. But I don't know. I don't know what your philosophy is on it. So first of all, uh, Mike Ficara, right in our vein. 
Blue Heaven is fantastic movie. Steve Martin is amazing. And he does have a great philosophy on tipping. I learned tipping from my grandfather. My grandfather was actually what he taught me what tips stand for. It's to ensure prompt service. So I go into a hotel, I'm hitting everybody ahead of time because I'm going to be there for three days. I want them to know I'm the guy, you know, I want to know that if I ask for something, they're going to be there. So I grew up in that mentality to John Malazzo's point. I was always 20%. 20% is average now. You know, you're not a big dipper if you give 20%. And it's like, how much more do you want me to give? You know, you go to a dinner where the dinner is expensive now. You've had wine, you know. Am I paying you on the wine? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, come on, man. You know, it's like, you make like, I don't, I, so I think this is a challenge that could backfire on the industry because, you know, it's, it, it just doesn't feel right anymore. I feel it, like we can take it. It feels like it's a given that it's kind of built into the price. And then the thing that's getting me now is the service charges. Yeah. Well, there's already a service charge on there, but if you want to live, leave an additional tip and it's like, what are you pressuring me? Like, it feels almost like a push to do it. And oh, Greg Oldsey moved to 22% now 22. to be, to be nice. the big tipper in the room. But I, I've never tipped 25% unless it's somebody, you know, amazing, but it is really unique. What do you tip about? I used to bring a couple bucks, but um, five bucks for valet is usually. Well, so if it's valet, valet got smart. Valet now does it on credit card. You don't feel it as much on credit card. Same as Starbucks. You don't really feel it like carrying cash. I don't, you know, I like to keep my cash. You, you're still a cash person. I don't carry cash every anywhere at all. I don't ever have cash because I have my phone. I have my Apple uh-huh. Pay. And so when I, I tell people in the service industry, when they don't have like a QR code near them or on their shirt that they're missing out because I could cash at people all day and I would send them five bucks like it was nothing. But when it's in cash form, I'm like, I'm not, I only have a 20 and then I got to break it. And then it's a 10 and you're asking around. You're like, Hey, right, you have a five? So I think Lori is the best comment of all. They charge you to use the credit card. I'm right. like, what? It's, I'm, you know, like it's a convenience for you guys. You know, it makes it easier for me to eat there, but I got to pay for it. That 4% plus a service charge plus this, you know, it's like, holy shit now. You know, Jim, I love, and Jim is the greatest at this stuff. He has $5 bills. So do I. I am always going and getting $50 worth of five. So I always can tip people. I forget who it was, but they kept a lot of twos in their car of all time. At all time. And it was like $2 and it was $2 bills. And they used to give everybody $2 bills, which I mean, like you can use them, but I feel like if you're a valet person, you get a $2 bill, you're like, Oh, it's an awesome conversation, but there's more today. We're going to be talking about discipline. First, we go to motivational music. Shay, give me a Singing every second, dancing every hour, 
concert to go to like i'm not i'm really not a big modern day concert guy because of the prices like i you have to spend a thousand dollars to go see taylor swift i'm not spending a thousand dollars to ever see taylor swift like good for the people who do but i I would actually prefer to just say i was there (laughs) right i like i was way at the top you couldn't see me so (laughs) discipline not to spend on those things so let's get into go. so we're going to talk about discipline um the higher power that people have, and everybody has it, so most don't tap into it. So I want Jocko to lead this conversation. You don't get discipline from your parents. You don't get discipline from your parents, from your grandparents, from your older brothers and sisters. You don't get discipline from an external source. You have to get it from you. That's what self-discipline is. You get it from yourself, you get it from you. So, you know, I love that. I love that he talks about self. This is about you. People are really good at making excuses. Some people are better at selling themselves than they are at selling any value proposition outside. Mm -hmm. They just rationalize and do this shit. So I find you to be the one one of the most, if not the most disciplined person I know, I want to know where you got it from. You didn't get it from me. But you so I, I would challenge him a little bit about that, yeah. that you don't get disciplined. Sure. You don't develop your ability to be disciplined just by looking at other people or just like getting told. But there is a roadmap that success leaves, you know, success leaves clues. And when you watch other people be disciplined and you watch the results they get, you'd have to be pretty stupid not to go, okay, you got to be disciplined in order to be good. Because it doesn't matter what industry, what athlete, what business person, they were disciplined at some point in their life or for a very long time because that's the only way you can get it. So I think it's about using the incremental steps that you take in order to build that discipline. Like training your mind that work is the only way to get there. And And having consistent work and having that discipline is the only way you'll get results. And so it's about building that vein. It's just like habit stacking. Like you have to know that it's going to start small and you have to start being disciplined about little things. It's not like being disciplined to everything in your life because it's not going to work. You're going to burn out just like everything. So it's, I'm going to be disciplined to eating first, right? Or picking the right choices or not drinking. And then you allow those little steps or improvement to then push you to do more. So I love that. Can you speak to it from a personal standpoint? Speak to it from you. Well, so, you had a year of where you were just kind of figuring it out. And then I, you snapped into place. And then it was just, and you still, I'm tired as shit. I'm going for a 15-mile run. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I, I think if you've never been disciplined, it's hard to get back there. Like, I've been disciplined my entire life. So if I get away from it, 
I know how to get back to it because I've done it my entire life. Like my entire life has been filled to the brim with a million things going on in my life, whether it's football, whether it's being a, you know, a straight A student, being an AP student while being the quarterback, while juggling a girlfriend, while then going to college being like, so I've been in those positions my entire life. I built those muscles. So it's just about reactivating them, right? Putting yourself back in that situation to be disciplined, but not going full force again, starting with, Hey, I know I need to start working out again. Like I started there. Like I knew I had to get me back on track. So I didn't worry about, oh, business and everything going on in my life. I started with said, hey, I need to work out. If I'm disciplined to working out, that'll lead me to being disciplined in the next area of my life. That's how I see it. It's habit stacking. It's not going crazy. Like so I, in order to get healthy first, I just started eating right. Because I knew that eating, being disciplined to that would lead me to wanting to work out. So, you know, working out with you is just a real time example, day to day, week to week you've seen a change in my body. You just showed me pictures from a month ago. He said, but you're making the right choices. So Nick Mao hits on it. And this is the most significant thing is that our brains are programmed to keep us safe. Uh, I don't want you to get hurt. I, I, I don't want you to have bad feel. Oh, you don't feel like it. It's okay. Let, come here. Let me, let, me, let me take care of you. Bullshit. You know, the best workouts, the, the training is better when you push yourself. Self-discipline self is just starting. It's just doing it. Getting it's it on. Not right. worrying. Not worrying about how long the task is going to take. What it's going to be. It's just doing it. It's I'm going to do it. I don't know what it's going to take out of me. Like like today, finishers at the end. I go. I don't want you to worry about how many you're going to do or how many I got to. Just start. Just go. Start. Just move. Just make one sales call. Right. It'll. Go. He's you're not happy. I was right, not you're, right. You're going to be miserable. But then five minutes after you go, oh, I was disciplined. Discipline fuels you. Feels good. It feels good to be dedicated to something, to give yourself to something that is bigger than you, that leads to results that'll make you happy. It's a fulfilling movement. So yes, it's hard, but knowing that it's so fulfilling makes it very easy for me personally. Like knowing me the results. I want to stay on this a minute because I think there's more to more to share here. Um so and we'll go to overtime. Thank you all for staying with the comments. Thank you for the comments on the side. Thank really you, Greg. Great stuff. You know, great, great stuff. Um, Greg, we'll see you tomorrow for your insights. So thank you for that. But um, there was one um, incident that happened that impacted you. And the only reason why I'm sharing the story is that it impacted you because of the feedback you gave me. And that was the night that we got a phone call and our last paying client said, we got to pump the brakes. We don't know what this pandemic thing is going to do. And that was zero revenue. We had gone to a place where everything I was doing now, thankfully, because of previous business dealings and stuff, we weren't living day to day. But when you go to zero revenue from something that you had built, when it goes to zero, it is mind bending. It's like, well, it's, it's, it well, that's real discipline is how much do you trust your process? How much are you really dedicated to your job? How much are you really dedicated to your family? Like discipline only gets really tested when it gets hard. Like that's the only time you, that's the yes. need. To, so it's the only time that is the true measuring stick of when it's hard. Like you say, I'm the most disciplined person. I have results that I want to get. It's, I, it's the only, I, we all do. Right. And 
The only way to get there is to be disciplined to the process, not to the results. So don't worry about the results. Know that what you're doing will fuel the results. And so you speak about going to zero. You trust your process beyond anything. You are dedicated to your process more than anything. And so when things get tough, you didn't change. I'm dedicated to this process because I know where it's going to get me. So great. I'm going to do it. My workout plan isn't tough. I've done it over the years. I've gained weight, lost weight. Like I'm dedicated to the process because I know it works. And so that you build it consistently. It's just like building muscles. It, it is. So that night I got up early, early as I normally do. I actually got fully dressed and I wrote the business plan that changed the direction and put Mark and you in a place. And so, you know, I look back on my discipline because I could have said, poor me. Oh, this sucks. This is so bad. I could have played the victim and I didn't. And I'm glad you pointed it out because all I had was my system and I got right back to my system and my process and I did it. And most of the time, that's, I- that's why people need systems and processes though in their life for almost everything, because it's a roadmap. It's, it's, it helps you be disciplined. You're not just operating going, I'm, I, because look, like I were watching Stutz, the documentary, you know, and everybody looks at him is like, yeah, my energy is not the problem. I just don't know what to do with it. Like if I was pointed in the right direction, I'd be a home run or I would be, I would kill it if I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Everybody's worried about where they want to go, right? Like, that's great. And we're going to get there, but what are you doing to fulfill that? Be disciplined to the first step, to starting at the first step, knowing it's going to take a long time. But without those systems and processes, there's nowhere to turn it to. And that's where anxiety comes from. That's where the uncertainty comes in. Oh, what am I doing for pipeline? Well, have you posted content? Have you reached out to five people a day? Are you disciplined to those activities first? The other things are going to come, but we get so overwhelmed with the end goal. We're not disciplined to the activities, only the results. And then I'll leave it with one thought because everybody's commenting that you are crushing it today and you are. And congratulations for taking the opportunity, Lou Gehrig, to step in the lineup. No, no, I've I've never played baseball. Uh, He's never a baseball player. uh, The reason why I said Lou Gehrig is he had an opportunity to – Somebody goes down and – right. So uh, Mark's on vacation. You want to see a disciplined process maniac. See what he posted this morning on social media about the plan. He left the grandparents to take care of the dog, the house, the kid. So great, great stuff. Great comment tomorrow. Make sure to fasten your seatbelt because we'll have double G is in the house. I I will. So Jim goes, nice work, Jake. 420 question mark. Yeah, after five o'clock, right? Like, teach their own, right? (laughs) So, uh, Rich Pusateri says it, and he's right. Activity leads to results, but it's the right activity. You know, people ask me, what's the difference between all of that stuff? And it's like, uh, there you go, Jonathan Aaron's Wally Pipped, man. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, make it a great day. Enjoyed overtime. Uh, Jake, thank you for your support. Double Greg, G. we're excited for you tomorrow. We'll have those hot questions in the hot seat. All right, guys, get down to business. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down.